Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, apologies that I can't be with you today. Um, but hey, I, I think I've got a, a good message for you. Hope it'll encourage and inspire you. And so let's let's dive in, shall we? I've written a prayer for this series. Don't worry, we won't, we won't pray this every week, but just to, to kick us going, I think it's just great to engage our faith with the message that is about to come our way. So uh, if you wouldn't mind humoring me, perhaps you could stand. Thank you very much. And uh, let's pray this prayer together, shall we? As follows. Lord, your word is alive and active, quick and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It is truth and life, health and strength, undeniable and unbreakable, eternal and unchangeable. I boldly declare I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Holy Spirit, you are my teach and my guide. I declare that my mind is alert and my heart is receptive to what you want to say to me today. Renew my mind, my thoughts and attitudes. Make me more and more like Jesus, my Lord. And Father, let faith, hope and love arise in my heart as I hear your word. And as a result, may I leave this place today feeling stronger, bolder and freer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so if you recall that the series Spark, if you like, was observing how much damage the enemy seemed to do during those pandemic months. You know, watching people who, who've clearly been hit pretty hard, who've become really quite wobbly, to, to see people's confidence evaporate, to see their faith challenged and their identity messed with and their purpose scuppered. And the reality is we have all been affected to one degree or another. Where did all that come from? Who's been messing with us? Who's been stirring trouble? Who's the one who's been exploiting this crisis? Well, to be fair, we're all more than capable of acts of self-sabotage. But, but as we've been examining, John 10 verse 10 tells us that there is a thief. And that thief is after your peace and joy. He's trying, he's gunning for your faith. He's, he's trying to fracture your relationships. He's trying to attack your identity and your purpose. That being the case, it, it is crucial. Number one, we recognize the source and we recognize the agenda. And number two, we are then able to formulate a resistance plan. You know what it is? It's time to unpick the pandemic thief's pocket. It's time to put the enemy back in his place, to, to take back the ground he's stolen, to climb back onto the rock, to reclaim what is rightfully ours in Christ. And that's what this series is all about. Today is heading number two, and that heading is what happened to my faith. You know, I don't think it's a great stretch to say that, that many find themselves short on confidence spiritually a little wobbly, far more wary than they were before. This shouldn't come as a great surprise to us. Never before have we been bombarded with so much fear and anxiety. So how did that faith and boldness drain away? And perhaps more pertinently, how did you get it back? Now, if you're wondering what happened to your faith, 
then today I'm hoping to point you back to the safety of the rock and the safety of your fortress. If you're still in pretty good shape, actually, then this message is really timeless. We're going to be looking at good, basic principles that we need to keep always in focus. We're looking at the fundamentals we need to keep our faith strong and vibrant. So, to, to kick off here, what is faith and why is it so important? Well, the word in the New Testament Greek for faith is the word pistis, and literally it means firm persuasion. It's an unshakable conviction. It's a single-minded, deep-seated trust founded on the promises of God and rooted in his faithfulness. It's a firm persuasion that God is who he says he is. That God did precisely what the Bible said he did and he will do exactly what the Bible promises he will do. Smith Wigglesworth encapsulated it purposely, perfectly when he said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And Paul described Abraham's legendary faith like this, Romans 4, verse 20 and 21. He that is Abraham, did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So why do we need strong faith? It's a big old question. I'm going to fly really quickly through seven thoughts here. Number one, faith is the source of our confidence in God. Number two, faith is is what draws us to God, towards God, when life is happening all around us. Number three, faith is our our shield. It's our defense against the enemy. Number four, faith strengthens us during tests and trials. Number five, faith moves God to act. How many times did Jesus say something like this? Seeing their faith. Or, or because you believe. N- number six, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six that elevates faith to a very high place. And then finally, our faith it is an inspiration and an encouragement to others. At least we hope that it is. Not for me, it went through that quickly, but that's a powerful list. See, you can see now why we need to cultivate strong faith. I want to talk for a few minutes about, about the enemies of faith. What are the things that undermine or, or challenge or weaken our faith? What, what are the tools or strategies that the enemy uses to threaten or steal our faith? What did the enemy do specifically during this pandemic in an attempt to drain people of their faith? So, so a list of four, these, these are the universal enemies of faith. Number one, enemy of faith number one is doubt. You know, the enemy just chips, chips, chips away. Are you sure? Is that really true? Did God really say? That, that's a pretty unpopular opinion these days. Hasn't science disproved that? nagging and persistent 
and relentless chipping away at our faith. Now, now some doubt is, is perhaps inevitable in a questioning mind. The question isn't whether you experience doubt. It's what you do about it when it comes. And you know what? Through the pandemic, it came. So has he specifically been chipping away? Questions like this. Is God in control? Has he really got this? Does God really care? Why would a good God allow this evil virus to sweep through the world? What about all those promises that God made to you? I thought God said that he'd never leave me nor forsake me. And where is he now when I need him the most? So enemy number one is doubt. Enemy number two is fear. Am I going to catch this virus? Well, here we are. Will I die if I do? Rather hoping not. Will my loved ones be okay? Am I safe to go out? Will this ever end? Do you know what? So much fear. Didn't help, of course, that TV news gave us pretty depressing stats over and over every day. And so fear was was relentlessly drip fed. It was stirred and it was manipulated and it was magnified. Do you know what? The enemy thrives on that stuff. There's an old Cherokee wolf fable that goes something like this. The elder is talking to his grandson, explaining that inside each of us, son, there are two wolves that are competing for your life. The first wolf is called faith and the second wolf is called fear. Bright eyed and bushy tailed, the grandson says, so grandfather, which one wins? Grandfather looks at him knowingly and says, it's the one that you feed. You know, faith comes when you hear the word of God. Fear comes when you receive the lies of the enemy. Those little mistruths and part truths and exaggerated truths. You know, as they're fed and watered, that they grow and magnify until they take root. And then they suffocate your faith, leaving you weak and vulnerable and instead. Number three, slightly more general terms, anything that distracts you from God and his word. Through the pandemic, so many things distracting us from God and his word. It might be, it might be busyness. So, so the word doesn't receive the attention it needs. It, it might be worldliness. So you, you get seduced in, in other and, and conflicting directions. It might be pride. You know, it can be a closed heart or, or a hardened heart or an unteachable heart. It could be becoming overwhelmed by the circumstances of life. Things like grief and loss and pain, frustration and anger can distract and seduce us away from abiding in the word where we belong. You know, the enemy's really good at manipulating that type of thing. And so anything that distracts or steals or closes your heart to God and the word will weaken your faith. And number four, fourth enemy of faith is, is isolation. Very simple principle is the strength in numbers. There's strength in, in accountability and in, in rubbing off 
on other people, what the Bible describes as iron sharpening iron. You know, there's something about being in a room with 20 or 200 or 2,000 people singing how God is an awesome God that feeds our faith and shrinks our fear. Of all the things we missed during the pandemic, it was corporate worship. It was the sing of those great big God songs. It was being encouraged along by a crowd of like-minded believers. And I've said it many times, haven't we? Isolated is vulnerable. Here's the passage, 1 Peter 5, verses 8 to 9. Say, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. We have that lion pride picking off the weak and the vulnerable and the wounded and the young and those around the edges of the herd. You know, they don't go for the big and the strong and the quick and the powerful, the ones in the middle with the, those great big sharp horns. After all, why would they? And the COVID reality is that overnight we were scattered and in many cases isolated. There's pretty much nothing we could do about it. And that, of course, made us increasingly vulnerable to that doubt and that fear and all those distractions and seductions. Why? Because we just didn't have the rest of the herd gathered around us. Don't know about you, but in retrospect, that makes me value and appreciate the gathered church all the more. You know, whenever we see people being picked off by the roaring lion, it's terribly, terribly sad. I'll tell you what, if you are there, or if you have been there, or if you feel yourself slipping there, for goodness sake, get back to the safety and the protection of the centre of the herd. Even if it's not this herd, you need to be in church. You need to be in the word. You need teammates. Anything else is perilous. Now, before we move on, just to say, you know, this, this stuff was inevitable. It, it was tough in lockdown when we couldn't meet together for months on end. Our rhythms and our routines were utterly sabotaged and we were bombarded with negativity from all directions. And we shouldn't be at all surprised that this is what the enemy was up to. The thief of John 10 verse 10 was always going to set himself up as the pandemic pickpocket. So don't be surprised. Please don't beat yourself up. We were all fighting the very same battles and we all have wins and we all had losses. But you know what? Today, today is resistance day. Today is the time to fight back and bounce back. It's the time to get back on your feet, to climb back onto the rock, back, if you like, into the centre of your herd. And that leads nicely into, into our key passage for today, which is Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to spend a little bit of time looking at Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 23. And it says this, my child, that's you, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. 
Let, let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. As I read that, there are, there are two main points that, that stand out to me. Point number one is this, that the key to life and health is what we do with the word of God. And then secondly, this fantastic, really strong, powerful advice, above all else. That's a strong statement. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So here's the, the crucial learning. Here's the Proverbs wisdom that we have to put a robust and tenacious guard on our hearts. Because if we don't, the pandemic thief might sneak in through the back door and get up to all sorts of mischief. Which for me leads, leads to this question. What guards do you have on your heart? You know, we ferociously guard our houses don't we? we? We invest in state-of-the-art home security systems and deadbolts and safes and alarms and cameras. We, 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 have, we buy devastating guard dogs. Here are my three. As you can see, they, they here in attack formation, very much a case of end to act your own risk. You know, if you believe the adverts, you, you can see who's knocking on your front door while you're lying on the beach this day, these days, if you have the right tools. But the question is, what guard do you have on your heart? So the pickpocket can't, can't sneak past the cameras and the alarm beams to break in and steal what is rightfully yours. So the question is, what guards do we have? Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, the first guard that we have is, is our own self-awareness. It is what's happening in and around your soul. And the question is, do you process that or, or do you ignore it? Number two, 2 Corinthians 10. Sorry, 2 Corinthians 2, 10 11. If there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Number two is, it is an awareness of the enemy's schemes and strategies. You know, hopefully this series is helping you to see how the enemy operates and what he's trying to do so you can learn how to stop him. Number three, familiar verse, Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Number three is simply the armor of God, that belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Number four, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now, number four, we need 
accountability partners. Those people that we've invited to stand with us and to pray over us and to watch over us, to keep us sharp, to keep us on track, maybe even to keep us in line. Number five, Ephesians 6 verse 18, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. God number five is your own prayer life. This is where you do business with God. And then finally, number six, Psalm 119 verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Number six is the word of God, which leads nicely into, into the second learning, the second wisdom, the second point from Proverbs chapter four. And that is this. Are you attentive to God's word? For a second, I want you to look at the, at the verbs in Proverbs four. I'll read it again for you. My child, pay attention Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life. The first verb is, is pay attention. The King James Version says, attend to my words. Second verb is listen carefully. NIV says, turn your ear. It's conscious determined, intentional act. The, the King James talks about inclining your ear. Verb number three is don't lose sight of them. Number four is don't let, sorry, is do let them penetrate deep into your heart. You know, this is really, really important advice. Why? Three reasons. Number one, because the word is a crucial part of that guard. That they guard against the enemy's lies and, and deceptions and, and accusations. Why? Number two, because, because God's word is a vital source of life and health, body, soul and spirit. I love how the Passion Translation uh, writes, verse 22, it says, Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being, to which I'd say, who doesn't need that? And then the third reason is, is that the word is your primary source of faith. It is the verse that was pounded into me when I were a lad. Romans 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or as I was taught it, faith comes but cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing God's word. You know, word seed produces faith fruit. Worldly seed produces fear fruit. Faith needs feeding. Fear needs starving. Back to that wolf fable. You know, the strength of your faith is directly proportional to the strength of your relationship with God's word. And we need to get as deep as we can into the word. So we can get the word as deep as we can into us. Which leads to our kind of final round of points really, which is, is what are the primary sources of the word of God for you? If faith comes by hearing, if, if, if hearing the word is our primary source of faith, then where are you going to go to get it? 
four ideas for you. Number one is your own personal devotional life. The question is, are you in the word? Or is it just a tick box activity? I think this is an ongoing challenge for us because we all love that routine and we know the importance of discipline and reading God's word, but it can just become kind of a ticking of a box. I've read my Bible for the day. It's more important than that. Jesus said that we need daily bread in the Lord's bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And his temptation, he said, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So primary sources, number one is is your own devotional, personal devotional life. Number two, it is the Sunday morning preach. You know, this has always been and always will be one of the primary ways that God speaks to his people. Familiar verse, uh, Ephesians 4 verse 11 and following says, So Christ gave himself, sorry, so Christ himself gave, and then it's a list of, of what we call the fivefold ministry, Uh, One of which, of course, is the teacher. Why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and then in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And if you read that whole passage, it explains that God puts pastors and preachers and teachers in the church and describes them as a gift. I love Romans 10, 17 in the Passion. It says, faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. So we need that anointed utterance. And speaking of myself, that, that has been massive for me. I, I can still back, think back to some of those messages, some of those series deep in my part that, that frankly redirected my life and explode, catalyzed a faith explosion in me. Number three is, is your own connect group. You know, maybe if the, if the main meal is Sunday morning and it, it's daily bread every day, maybe connect group is your dessert. I don't know. Now, in, in, at the barn, we don't we don't control or micromanage what you guys do in your connect groups. But but I do prepare sheets of discussion questions each week, which, which allow you to dig into what I believe God is saying to us right now as a church. I'm confident there's tremendous value in that. Frankly, the more you dig, the more you get. And if you're looking for those, those, those connect group discussion questions are available on our website every week. And then number four, lastly, I'm, I'm putting these together as books and podcasts. You know, I'll be honest, this has been huge for me. I could list for you the, the formative books that I read at just the right time. Kenneth Hagen, New Thresholds of Faith. Booker's The Miracle of the Scarlet Thread. Good morning, Holy Spirit, but by it called Craig Rochelle, The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. What's so amazing about Grace by Philip Yancey and Just Like Jesus by Max Lucado. And the, and the podcast series that I've listened to week after week after week that have fed and inspired me. You know, there's so much material out there. Much of it these days is free. There's been a great increase in video content through the pandemic. You know, you can listen to the best preachers 
every day of the week preaching uplifting and encouraging and inspiring and practical and relevant messages. You know, we truly are blessed. And incidentally, uh, it's not an exhaustive list, but there is a list, if you find it on our website, of, of some of the resources that we recommend, whether that's books, whether that's worship material, or whether that's podcasts that we think that you will enjoy. Okay, time to summarise. You know, nearly everybody's faith got whacked by the pandemic. The pandemic thief had his had his legion of little pickpockets out and about, sowing doubt and feeding fear and challenging assumptions and weaving a web of lies. 20 months on, we need to go back to basics. We need to make sure that our faith foundations are strong. And that is what this series is aiming to do. The bottom line is you've got to get into the word and you've got to get the word into you. Faith must be fed. Fear must be starved. Because faith is a shield that we that we place as a guard over our hearts. Faith is the hand we stretch out towards our miracle working God. And as I said earlier, the strength of our faith will be directly proportional to the strength of our relationship with his word. Okay, and that takes us nicely into our response for this morning. I got two questions that I'd like you to take before the Lord this morning. The first one. Proverbs 4.23 is, what have you allowed in? I wonder, what has the pandemic thief stolen from you? What deceptive poisonous seed has he sown in your heart? Where or, or how has that guard slipped? It's a tough question, but it's an important question. I'd encourage you to take that to the Holy Spirit today. And then question number two, always relevant to all of us. This is Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Are you attentive to the word of God? Does it have the place of prominence it should? Is your heart right now, is it open or is it closed? Is it soft or has it become hard? Remembering those verbs, those, those action words in Proverbs chapter four. Ask what is God calling you? to do today. Now the team is going to sing over you in a moment songs that, that speak into some of the issues that we've been talking about. You know, and as they do, as they sing God's word over you, just drink it in. Just receive it and let it feed your faith. I'd really encourage you to respond today. Do you know what I think we all need to respond today one way or another? We all need to climb back on our feet. We all need to make a concerted move back into the centre ground, back to Jesus, back to the truth of his word, back onto the rock. We're going to do response just a little bit differently today rather than going to the prayer ministry team at the back or, or even to the the old prayer corner. We're, we're going to invite you actually to come to the front. We invite you to come to the altar, as it were. And when you get here, the, the ministry team will be ready and available and willing to, to pray over you and, and to lay hands on you, you know, to ask God to bless you and to fill you and to give you whatever it is 
that you seek this morning. Just a reminder as I close, two primary responses. Number one, what have you let in? You know, you might want to tell the person praying for you what that is. You might not. And if you do, they'll pray over you. And response number two, I think, is this. Lord, grow my faith big and strong and bold. So we come to the front this morning seeking a Holy Spirit impartation of, of grace and strength, of his presence and power. Just, just finally, if you'd like to come forward and do business with God and you'd rather that no one prayed for you, then I'd encourage you to, to go over there to your left. That's your left as you look at it from uh, the back of the hall. Uh, no one will pray for you there. You can get on your knees. You can raise your hands high and you can do business with God on your own. If you want someone to pray for you, come and stand in the middle. One of our ministry team will come alongside and pray over you. Okay, God bless you. Uh, we'll sing now and then I'll pass back to, to Dave. I'll wrap things up.